Well, it's a pleasure and honor to be here with you. And most times when I come to a, a new community, they just kind of have a few questions they don't ask me directly. But I kind of understand what you're thinking. Uh, most people are wondering, well, how tall is that guy? Well, I'm 6'4". And then they wonder, well, how old is he? He's a younger priest. We've never seen one of those in a while. Well, I'm 33, and I've been ordained for two and a half years. It's been a pleasure and honor to be a priest. Not an easy thing, but a pleasure and an honor. As we gather here today, we gather on the first Friday of the month. And there is a devotion in the church that started in 1647, um, or excuse me, 1673. And I just want to talk about that because with our gospel reading today, talking about people getting their heads chopped off, this is a little more joyful and a little more hopeful um, instead of talking about the gospel today. And on feast days and devotional days in the Catholic Church, we have an option to preach on the devotion. So kind of what I want to do is just look at the history of this devotion and maybe a little bit of like a reset or a refresh button to maybe give you a little more um, light, a little more energy, a little more encouragement as you continue to form this devotion. So this devotion started um, in, again, 1673 with St. Mary Margaret Alico or Margaret Mary Alco, and she had visions of Jesus, deep visions of Jesus in her prayer. And he asked her to ask the faithful to receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months. And he said the request was connected to a specific promise. And I'll talk about those 12 promises associated with the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And it became endorsed by popes and saints ever since. But a lot, of our, a lot of our devotions in the Catholic Church seem to have fallen away after Vatican II. And this seems to be one that people really find a lot of peace to, uh, for a devotion to. So maybe the question would be like, why nine consecutive months? Why do we have even anything done in nines in the church? Well, traditionally, that's the number for a novena. You do nine days in a prayer for a novena. But also, the disciples, before they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they spent nine days in prayer. So this, this, this prayer gives us time for preparation for those promises. And then the question is also, what am I supposed to do on First Fridays? Well, you're already doing one of them. You go to Mass on First Fridays and you receive Holy Communion, but it's with the intention of honoring Christ's sacred heart. So intentionality is really, really important to me. Say, my, devo- my devotion And my intention for this Mass on the first Friday of the month is to honor your sacred heart, Jesus. But also, if you're not in a state of grace, which means, you know, if you haven't been to confession in the past year or you haven't gone to confession, um, you're encouraged to go to confession um, as well. So that's a part of the devotion. So what are the promises connected to this devotion? So the the Lord gave uh, Margaret Mary Alico 12 promises associated for those who keep the first Friday devotion for the first nine Fridays of the month, for the first nine months. But then also we're encouraged to, once we have done those first nine devotions, to start offering up these promises and these prayers for our loved ones and even for our enemies. So the first promise that the Lord gave to Margaret Mary Alico and to the church is he will give all of those who do this, this devotion I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. Now, how often do we hear people say things like, oh, it's just too much for me. God, God will, if I really open my heart to God, he'll give me too much or more than I can handle. And this devotion says otherwise, and so does sacred scripture. So the first thing is, 
I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. The second one is I will establish peace in their homes. The one of the areas of the, of, the, of the church that's under attack the most is the home. We just don't see people praying in their homes anymore. We don't see people praying the rosary in their homes. We don't see people having spiritual conversations in their homes. We don't see people asking priests to come over and bless their homes and even to put up an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in their homes. So the second thing is there will be peace in the homes. Third one is I will comfort them in all of their afflictions. You know, it's easy to be a Christian when things are going well. But what about when you're at your wit's end or you're feeling attacked by people or attacked by evil spirits? The Lord says, I will actually comfort them in their afflictions. The fourth promise is I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. We wouldn't turn to anything except to Jesus and his most sacred heart, his burning love for us. The fifth one is I will bestow abundant blessings upon all of their undertakings. There will be a sweetness in the work we do to build up the kingdom of Jesus. There will be a sweetness in our day-to-day activities, even doing the dishes, cleaning the home, because we'll do everything we can to sanctify what we do. The sixth one is very important for our culture today. The sixth promise is sinners will find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. A lot of people believe, whether they want to admit it or not, is if Jesus really knew me, there's no way he could forgive me. If he really knew my sins, and that's, that's not the gospel, Jesus can forgive any sin. And we always have to remind people of that every day because if we're not reminding them of the truth, the evil one is reminding them of the lies, right? So our job is to be messengers of the truth. And one of the ways that you and I can tell people about the truth of the gospel is about this devotion to the Sacred Heart. So when you look to your right and you see that statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you should always be reminding people about this intense love and ocean of mercy of Jesus. And as the fire from his heart burns up all of the lies and sheds light where there is darkness. And that's where all the lies of the world hide, is in the darkness. And we're called to live in the light. The seventh promise is lukewarm souls shall become fervent. In the book of Revelation, in chapter 22, Jesus says, those who are lukewarm, I will spew them out of my mouth. Jesus wants you and I to be on fire, but a controlled fire, a fire that's attractive to others, a fire that brings others into his mercy, into his abundant love for them. So he says, I will take lukewarm souls and they shall become fervent. Think of people who are lukewarm in your parish. And the Lord says, if you form this devotion, if you invite them in this devotion, they will be set on fire. The eighth promise is fervent souls shall shall quickly mount to high perfection. You know, the road to holiness is not easy. The road to perfection following the narrow path is not easy. And for some of us, we've been working at this for a long time. But with the devotion to the Sacred Heart, the graces are that you will be able to overcome different sins and vices and deadly sins much faster. So that is a promise from Jesus Christ himself. The ninth promise is, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. So it's important to know that we had this devotion in the church for almost 500 years now, where people put an image of Jesus and his most sacred heart up in their home. 
And sometimes they'd call a priest over and they would do an enthronement. And exorcists have even said that enthroning your home to the sacred heart of Jesus will dispel evil spirits and put a hedge around your home so evil cannot come in. But we always have to know is that if we fill our home with prayer, we have to keep it filled with prayer every single day. And if we don't, the evil will just come right back in. So Jesus says those who have a devotion um, to this image and where it is exposed and honored, there will be special graces for them. So that means that's a part of the, of the devotion too. So if you don't have an image of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home, just encourage you maybe to, to go to a Catholic store to support Catholic businesses, local businesses, and order an image of the sacred heart of Jesus and maybe invite your priest over to come and bless your home and enthrone your home. The 10th promise is, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. This is very helpful for your pastor because if you bring someone before him and, you, and you're, you have that, you're praying, Lord, please let the words of this priest touch the heart of my friend who has become so hard or so, so indignant towards the Catholic Church or towards the love of Jesus. If you have this devotion, your priest's homilies, his words of compassion, his words of encouragement, even if they're not the most wise words, they will be able to break through those stony hearts of our loved ones. And it's pretty obvious that a lot of our loved ones don't come to church anymore. They don't know anything. But if we bring them on Christmas and we bring them on Easter or a holy day or to a funeral, your priest's words will touch them and bring them back with the sweetness and the honey of our Lord's beautiful words and his beautiful love for us on the cross. The 11th promise is those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. So that also means a part of this devotion to the first Fridays is we have to go out and tell people about this devotion. So if we don't do that, that we don't get the promises. So that means you and I have to form a simple way of telling others about the love of Jesus and his most sacred heart. And the 12th promise is, he says, Jesus says, I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that all my all-powerful love will grant to those who receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months. They will have the grace of final perseverance. They shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving the sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. What that means in simple language is, is to receive communion. You keep that devotion. You'll have a final perseverance, but that means no matter what, a priest will be at your bedside to anoint you and give you viaticum before you pass. That is a promise associated with this. And I can even say as a priest, when I was first ordained, going to anoint people right away when they were, when they were dying and they called me over, almost always there was a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary right next to their bedside. And that's a beautiful sign of God's providence for us, that he will provide and he will indeed fulfill his promises. But then it's also saying, what is this not saying? Is it just saying, if I keep the first Friday devotion, does that mean I get a free pass to heaven? And once I get those first, fri- first nine Fridays done, I can just live whatever way I want to? Maybe you heard someone say, well, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want to do. No, it also means that you and I have to become, again, with the promises that said we have to promote this devotion and live in the light of Christ, to follow the sacraments, to take time in confession, to do proper examinations of our conscience, to to receive the mercy of Jesus so we can give his mercy away to others. 
And the beautiful thing is that if you fulfill these obligations with a sincere heart, you are ultimately going to go closer to Jesus yourself. And he's the only one who can love you and I perfectly. The only one. And he'll be on this altar in just a moment. And that's what we should get excited about right now. In the Eucharist, he burns with love for you. And he wants to be one with you. And if our devotion to him spills from our hearts out into this community, especially for his deep love for us in the Eucharist, you will see renewal happen in your parish. But we have no one to look at besides ourselves first. And our Lord looks at us when he's in the priest's hands. He looks at us and his heart always beats with fire with these words. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we all need to know we're loved. And if we know we're loved, it burns away all the lies and it leads us even closer to him and helps us lead others closer to him. So let's take a moment of silence to place all our reservations on this altar. Maybe you have things that are holding you back or you have a heavy heart today. And what we're called to do is ask the Lord through his priest as he transforms bread and wine into his body and blood to transform our hearts, to transform our petitions, to transform our burdens, to know that he loves us and he is truly present in the Eucharist. And then when the priest says, go forth, the mass is ended, we leave here on mission to tell people about this amazing love of Jesus. And if we are faithful, he will fulfill his promises. Amen.